final hour on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the Fan Cuthbert and Forfar this morning, like it is every morning. A uh, reminder to get your wake and rake selections in. One off last night. Again, sniffing around. I'm sorry. Still sniffing. I didn't know it was you. I, the Blue Jays. Uh, I knew it wasn't me. I had them on the run line, and they did end up winning in extra innings, but only by one. I'll take a win for the team and a loss for the wake and rake. I'm good with that. That's yeah, all good. We'll get there. But send those in. Five as long five as the nine. picks are hot, and it should be a profitable night every time if we're going two for three. Uh, but let's get into, uh, we got a great guest right now. Our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. That insider is Chris Mad Dog Russo, co-host of High Heat on MLB Network and host of Mad Dog Unleashed on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio. Good morning, Mad Dog. Good morning. Good morning to you, the famous duo. How are you guys doing today? Okay? Uh, we're, we're doing pretty good. We're digesting the Raptors' loss uh, last night. It's not, like, heartbreaking by any means. In fact, I think it was probably the lowest stakes playoff game the city's seen in, a, in, a, in, a, in quite some time here. So we're okay with it, but we are definitely pondering the future of the Toronto Raptors. Do you have any Raptors takes? Do you do we, do we see the end yeah, of an I era? Mean, for, 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 first off, that's a terrible loss. I mean, you got a 17, whatever it is, 17, 19-point lead against the Bulls at home, uh, you know, with that good crowd and obviously the fans outside, that's a bad loss. I mean, that's just all there is to it. I mean, cuts to the basket. Levine's very good. Uh, but, you know, you got to, you know, at home against the Bulls, that's a game you probably got to win. Um, I don't know what the head coach is going to do. Um, you know, you don't have a great player. Uh, I mean, the Raptors, uh, you could see why they won when they had Kawhi because that's the, what they need to get to that next level. And, of course, when they did win, Durant didn't play, which also helped them a little bit, uh, I would think, when they beat Golden State. But the bottom line is with them, they need a, they need a great player. I mean, they need a guy. You know, they have a roster right now that's going to win between 38 and 43 games from now until the kingdom come. And, you know, they can be, you know, somewhere in that 8, 9, 10, 7 seed scenario to the cows come home. But you've, when you've already won a championship, the seventh and eighth seed is not going to cut it. It's not going to get it done. No, it's, it's not. There's too many games to play. There's too many games. The regular season in the NBA doesn't mean anything. There's too many games. And to sit there and to fight your rear end off to win 42 and 42 games to maybe get a scenario where you can be the eighth seed and then get trampled by the Bucks. that's not what you're looking for when you've already won a championship. So the Raptor, I don't know what the head coach is going to do. I read, you know, we saw what he said. At the end of the year, I'll think about what my future is. But the Raptors are in a tricky spot right now. The worst place to be in the NBA is in the pack. That's the worst place to be. You want to be terrible, a la what Dallas did to get the picks against the last game of the year, last couple of games of the year, or you want to be great where you have a chance to win a championship every year. And you don't want to be where Toronto is, the Hawks are, uh, you know, to a certain degree, the Bulls. That's the last place. And that's where Toronto is right now. It's tricky. Yeah, and unfor- unfortunately, it's self-imposed too, right? Like th- this team added at the trade deadline. This team wanted to be, it wanted to buck the trend or buck the trajectory, which was kind of devolving into a team that was going to be at least in the conversation uh, in the lottery. And at least, you know, they could have put themselves in a better position rather if they had done what we expected them to do, which was sell before the trade deadline. So they kind of welcomed the mushy middle and now they got to deal with the consequences. 
and guess what? They traded a 2024 first round pick. So uh, a lot of questions around this team and we'll unpack that uh, this summer. Uh, for now though, let's, let's, we're, we're willing to transition to the Blue Jays and Major League Baseball. So let's do that right now. Uh, we've been what kind of eye in the, the Tampa Bay Rays uh, for a couple days now. Of course, they're on that historic run to start the season now 12 and 0. How real is this team and how much of a threat to the division should they be considered? Well, we knew they'd be good. I mean, Tampa's a, you know, they're a well-run team. They found a formula where, you know, they're going to get by with a great bullpen. They're not going to blow games. And they have very good young, you know, I mean, McClellan's young, young starting pitching. And they're going to maneuver and hope that their young players, Franco, of course, spearheading that, doesn't make a trouble. He does, but the rest of them don't. And that's what Tampa's going to do. So they have found the correct formula to be successful on a year-in-year-out basis. I'm not sure if that's a championship formula, but it's a playoff formula. Now, I'm going to put, they won 12 straight is 12 straight. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to put a little, I'm going to put an asterisk next to it myself because nine of the wins came against Detroit, who you just <laughs> seen, they stink. Mm-hmm. Detroit, Washington, and Oakland. Now, everybody in America is going to kill those three teams. Those are three horrendous baseball teams. They're all going to lose 100 games. Now, they got lucky that they started the year with all three of those teams. And at the bare minimum, if you were a fan of Tampa or anybody who started with the A's, Tigers, and Nationals, you'd want at least seven, at least. I mean, you know, you sweep Oakland, who should be in a, who's a triple-A team, and, and maybe win two out of three in the others, and they did two better than that. So let's not go crazy. It feels better than it really is based on the opponent, and when you haven't lost yet and you've played 10, 10 days or 12 days, it's superior. So I'm, I don't want to make a big de- – I mean, listen, it is what it is, 12 straight, 12 straight. But remember, the Brewers in 87, they won 12 in a row or 13 in a row. They won 91 games and did not make the playoffs. The Braves of 82, they won 13 in a row under Torrey. They ended up losing 19 of 21 in August. And they won the division by a game, and they won 89 games. And then they got swept by St. Louis. So this is not indicative. Well, look, now Tampa's going to win 115 games, and they're going to win it all. It's a very tricky division. I'm actually more more impressed by what the Yankees and, and your team has done. The Yankees have won 8 of 12, and they played the Giants, the Phillies, the Orioles, and the Indians, or the Guardians. Those are two good, three good teams and one okay team. The Blue Jays start on a 10-game road trip and win 6 of 10. So, um, although they did lose a 2 in St. Louis, they won 6 of 10. So, I'm actually a little more impressed by what those two teams have done than by what Tampa's done. I remember, if you're going to bring up the Red Sox, Tampa kills the Red Sox. They've won 12 in a row against Boston in that ballpark. The Red Sox got injuries right now. Duval's out. Sales not 100%. So, let's put that. Uh, that's not as big a deal either. And the Red Sox this year got swept by Pittsburgh. So from that standpoint, that's a long, that's a long-winded story to say. You know what? I don't care how many they win. Twelve in a row to me. I'm still not that impressed. Let me see more. And I know they're good. I know they're good. But twelve in a row makes people think they're going to be great. They're not a great team. They're a good team. Well, that's, that's what I would say. That's great time to have you on because we're going to have the Tampa Bay Rays here tomorrow for a homestand weekend. So uh, maybe a little cold water on what we're seeing standings-wise because it it could be a scary matchup. But if you're liking what you're seeing from the Blue Jays. Uh, that's got to start with probably Kevin Gosman, who we saw on the mound last night, but the way that this offense has been clicking, uh, what are you liking from the Blue Jays team to start the season so far? 
Well, uh, here's what I would say about the Blue Jays, and this is me from afar. Uh, this is not me living there and watching Toronto play day in and day out. This is me from afar. The Blue Jays, to me, have a little more swagger than what you'd like to see for a team that, let's face it, has done absolutely nothing. Two years ago, they won 90 games, did not play well late, lost the Yankees two out of three, and fell a game shy. All right, you want to give them some credit first time with the young players going all the way to the last couple of days of the regular season? Like, all right, it's fair. Last year, they won about 90 games again, 91 games, whatever it was, and they got ambushed by Seattle. I mean, they got ambushed. They got destroyed. They got shut out or whatever it was in game one. And in game two, they blew a 9-1 lead. So the Blue Jays, you know, the way they act sometimes, and, you know, you like some swagger, but boy, oh, boy, they're not the Chiefs in the NFL. I mean, go out there, win a division, number one, and go win some playoff games. Young team, obviously, we've got a long way to go with these, with Guerrero, Bichette, folks like that. We all know how great Springer is. But I got to see the Blue Jays, in the month of September, beat out the Yankees for a division and Tampa, and then go out there and win some playoff games. I know they have uh, you know, the, the curriculum, the moxie, the talent to do that, but uh, they make it. I, I think Toronto, it's not like they won a World Series. I mean, geez, they have not won a playoff game. This group has not won a playoff game. Springer has, but not for Toronto. So I think Toronto... I, I think that there is an aura around the Blue Jays, swagger, pep. Wow, look at this lineup. And they've done nothing. I mean, you think about the big picture of the sport. What have they done? They have done absolutely nothing. Tampa's won more playoff games than they have. I mean, the Yankees have played in the ALCS. You know, you can't be Houston. But the Yankees, Houston, Seattle won a playoff series last year. I mean, the Guardians, you know, beat, Toronto, beat Tampa. You know, gave the Yankees a hell of a run. I don't see the Guardians walking around like they've done anything. <laughs> with Francona. So that's what I would say. That's going to bother Toronto. I don't care. That's, that's, that's reality. The aura surrounding the Blue Jays, it does not match the results. And I know it's a long year. You've got to give them a little break. It's a young team. I'll buy that. But here's what I would say about Toronto. Win, win a division, get the bye, and win a playoff series. That would be, at minimum, what me as a Blue Jay fan would expect in 2023. At minimum. That's well, what I'd expect. Well, their manager might be picking up on some of the th- same things that you're picking up because he's looked to instill a different culture this year, at least it seems. Like they, they made some changes, bringing in guys like Dalton Varsho uh, that might be able to help you win games in other ways. And it seems like, you know, swagger is something they may have, it's weird to say, addressed because this team wants to be a little bit or strives to be, at least it seems, a little bit more professional and maybe not taking for granted the fact that, you know, they, they have all that talent, but they haven't been able to use it to do anything meaningful as you outlined. So I think we might see a change and you might see a change in the Blue Jays uh, this year. One guy who has undoubtedly has swagger though is Kevin Gosman. Uh, where do you place him in the upper echelon of pitchers in the American League? Can he win a Cy Young for the Blue Jays this year? I say I give Gosman credit. I mean, this is a guy that, uh, you know, really struggled there the first few years in the big leagues, high ERAs, you know, let, let go by two teams. Went to the Giants, had a very good year, and pitched well in the playoffs against uh, L.A. He had um, two good starts. Against, I think it was two. Two good starts against them in that five-game series in which they were maybe one even one. But he had, I think it was one, but he had a good start against them in the playoffs. Um, pitched pretty well last year, too. I give Gaussman a lot of credit. He's done a hell of a job, better than I thought. 
And, you know, he's also, I mean, think about this for a second. Robbie Ray's been a mess for Seattle and who got bombed, gave up the home run to Alvarez. They couldn't even pitch him in that series against Houston. And, and, and Gaussman has done a hell of a job. So we got to give him a lot of credit for that. Do I consider him an upper echelon starter in the American League or in the sport? I do not. Um, you know, when I think of upper echelon starters in the American League, I'm thinking to Atani. I'm thinking Garrett Cole. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking on that level of pitcher Scherzer. Um, you know, I'm thinking of those kinds of guys, Valdez of Houston. Uh, I'm thinking of those kind of pitchers. And I don't consider Castillo of Seattle. And I don't put him on that level. I think he's the next tier down, but I think he's underrated. Uh, I think Gaussman is a guy, despite his big contract, is a little underrated. He's a very good pitcher. You would not have any issues of giving him the ball in a big game. He's gotten some issue, gotten some opportunities in big games. He's pitched well. So, I mean, listen, he's not going to go nine innings, uh, you know, four-hit complete game, 13-strikeout performance, but he's going to give you a good solid six innings, keeping the game in a big spot. So I, I think if you're a Blue Jay fan, you got to be happy. Now, Addison, I don't love the Blue Jay starting pitching. Manoa, I got to see again. You know, I saw Bassett last year in New York in the big spotlight games. He was terrible. <laughs> he got bombed by Atlanta last weekend of the year. He was awful against the Padres in the post in Game Three of the postseason. The Mets let him go and brought Quintana in. So I mean, I and the Mets, he's got more money than God, Cohen. So you know, he he but he let him go. So I, I, I'm not. Um, you know, I got to see more out of him in, you know, in spotlight games. You know, when he's on the A's, he go out there and give you a good competitive effort. But in spotlight games, when the world is watching, I got to see Bassett go out there and give me, and he hasn't done it. He didn't do it for the Mets. So I got to see that. Um, and you're counting on that in the, in the spots. Uh, you know, Rayu's back here in the middle of the year, but who knows with him. I'd be a little worried about the Blue Jay pitching against teams that you're going to have to beat in postseason play. I mean, you play the Yankees in a postseason, you're going to get through that lineup with that starting rotation? Uh, you know, I mean, I know it's April 10th. Who the hell's talking about postseason? But, <laughs> I mean, that's what this is about for the Blue Jays with the money they spent there, you know, and, you know, the, and the expectation level. The expectation level isn't to win 85 games and be competitive. I mean, their expectation level is win 95 games and win. And I don't know if that rotation is going to win but, you know, it's a good rotation. It's competitive, but I don't think it's top level. Maybe I'll be wrong. Bass would be better. Um, you know, Ryu comes back. Uh, Manoa continues what he's done. But I still got to see a little more from that rotation as a whole myself. Yeah, and I think Barrios specifically uh, needs to figure oh, it terrible. out. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Terrible. yeah we, that's a big that conundrum. A, no, but let's call it, I hate to interrupt you. Let, let's call it let you see it. That was a horrendous contract. Horrendous. Um, uh, you know, some teams make mistakes. What are you going to do? You spend a lot of money, you're not going to get them all right. And that one was a bad one. And he is, and listen, I thought he was overrated when he was against the Yankees in a playoff game one year. You know, in a playing game, he couldn't get out of the fourth inning. So that right there scared the hell out of me. That contract is a disaster. Let's say that's and it's called like we see it. Let's call it like we see it. Well, let's keep talking contracts then, because Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has uh, started to you know talk some quietly a little bit rumblings with what might be next with him and the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, how do you evaluate his worth or, or maybe a comparable player when we think about long term Vladdy and the Toronto Blue Jays? And how much that might be costing us here? 
Well, listen, you got two guys. You got to make sure you get signed for uh, the next 10 years. One is Bichette. I know you gave him the contract. Take over his arbitration years. And the other one's Guerrero. Um, they got more money than God, your organization. They're Canada's team. They got a, they draw well. It's a big, big market. Uh, and they're going to have to keep both players. Uh, that I, and that's going to cost them, you know, basically $350 million apiece. I mean, that's what this comes down to. I love Guerrero. I love his presence. I know he's done a better job at the beginning of the year. Bichette's got guts. He likes the big game. Both come from great uh, – both have great genes, great pedigree, especially uh, Vlad. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see if the Blue Jays can get both of those guys signed long-term. Now, listen, uh, you probably got to get one signed first long-term right out of the gate. I've been saying this for a week. If, if the – uh, for two weeks, if Tampa can get Franco signed, if the Mariners can get Rodriguez signed, if the Padres can get Tatis signed, the Orioles should get Rutschman signed if they want to consider them to be a serious franchise. Uh, he, everybody knows how good he's going to be. And the Blue Jays got to get one of these two guys signed. Now, they can't get Bichette signed through his free agency because he's, he's settled for the next three four years. If, if, if it was me and I was running a franchise, and I'd be a little worried about his weight and everything else, but if I was Toronto, uh, I would try to make sure I keep Guerrero here for his career. That's what I would do. We're chatting uh, with... He's that good, he's that dangerous, that's what I would do myself. We're chatting with Mad Dog, or Chris Mad Dog Russo, who uh, spars weekly with Stephen A. Smith on ESPN's First Take. Uh, you mentioned Otani a little bit earlier. We saw the Angels as the Blue Jays embarked on their 10-game road trip to start the season they look like they can hit a little bit more. Um, it might have been the Blue Jays pitching that contributed to that, but we digress. Do you have any? Do you have more or less confidence that the Angels have more support for Shohei Otani and Mike Trout this season? And if Shohei Otani is in fact on the mar- on the trade market at some point this summer, that's the biggest story in baseball since what? Good question. Uh, I think if he is in the market, there's only two teams that can get him: the Mets and the Dodgers. Uh, uh, the Dodgers did nothing in the offseason. They have more money than God. Um, you know, he's from, say, he loves Southern California. He doesn't have to leave. It's 32 miles ballpark to ballpark. Uh, the Cohen will not be outbid. If it's about money, Cohen will pay more than the Dodgers will. Uh, this is a guy who's got Rembrandts in his bathroom, and it's worth $17 billion. So he will not be outbid. But if you ask me right now where he'll play next year, it will be the the, the the Dodgers, I do also, I do not think that Marino is going to trade him at the deadline if they were out of it. Here's the best way to ask the question, guys. And if you were the owner, how would, what would you do? If you own the Angels, okay, and, you're, you know, a lot of people don't love you anyway, but if you own the Angels and you're in your mid-70s and you got Otani on the team, even if you were 30 out, you want to be the guy who trades him? You want that in your resume that you're the one who traded Otani? Well, I wouldn't want it. I, you know, I would let him play out the year, and I would make a very competitive offer at the end of the season. And if he left, he left. I'll have to live with it. Uh, uh, at least I go up with my uh, with, with uh, my chin up that I did everything I could to make him an angel for life. That's what I would do. To trade him for two months to get a couple of prospects or a draft pick to me would not be worth it. So I think that he'll be an angel all year. I think he'll go to the Dodgers at the end of the day. And do I think that the Angels will be competitive? You know, they've gotten off to a decent start. They appear to be a little better. Um, you know, they did get the – they played the A's in Seattle. It's not like they've had Washington. 
Um, I think they'll be better. I, I think they'll probably win in the mid-80s. Is that enough to entice Otani to stay there long term? Uh, I would. And I know the Angels think, and the Angels somehow think that Kirkson told me this on the TV, that the Angels are somewhat confident that they can convince him to stay in the middle of the year. I would be surprised. Um, so I would think at the end of the day, Dodgers, I think the Angels will be a little better. I think they'll be on the periphery of the pennant race in the American League. But I don't know at the end of the day if that will make any difference as far as Otani's whereabouts go at the end of the year. I think it go to the Dodgers. That would be my prediction. Who's winning the World Series, Mad Dog? Uh, you know, the National League, you know, you know the Mets. Yeah, I know the Phillies are bad right now, but I still think the Mets, Phillies, Braves, you know, maybe St. Louis and Milwaukee and the Dodgers, Padres. Uh, the American League is wide open. You know, you got Tampa, you got the Yankees, you got you guys. Uh, you know, Minnesota's better. The Guardians are obviously, he's, he's a competitive manager. And they still have Houston. I think it's hard to repeat, so I'll eliminate the Astros. I'm going to pick, I picked the Yankees and the Braves beginning of the year. Uh, stick with that. I think Rondon eventually will edify that rotation. The Yankees are due. I don't love their offense. It's still much hitter. It's still swing and miss too much. I don't like Boone in a big game. Um, he has not really distinguished himself in a short series. But I will, and the manager can lose you as a series. The manager in a short series, as uh, Schneider, who did not do a good job in game two, protecting that lead last year. Managers, it's funny, over 162, they mean nothing. Not a ton. You got to set the tempo. Have the right have the right mindset in the in the clubhouse, but once the short series is concerned, you got to make pitching decisions and do all those things. The manager is as important as anybody, um, and Boone has not been great. Uh, but I took Yankees Braves before the year started, so I'll stick with that. Yankees Braves. No reason to switch now. Yeah, no, I, I think things are looking good for you in that prediction. Uh, you mentioned managers. I just want to quickly ask you about, you know, John Schneider is now again his first full season with the Toronto Blue Jays, but they added Don Mattingly and James Click as well this offseason. I wonder how much of an experience factor you think that will actually give the Blue Jays because, as you mentioned, nothing uh, nothing really changes the, the needle until the postseason. Uh, Click is uh, upstairs, a little different. Uh, probably got a raw deal out of Houston. Um, but I do think that uh, Don, Don's a great guy. Mm-hmm. He managed Torrey. He's been in the playoffs. Uh, Manley's, I think Manley's also, he's done so much in his career. You know, Manley, Manley was going to the Hall of Fame if he didn't have a bad back. I mean, that's just all there was to it. I mean, Manley was, players don't realize it. I don't even know if, uh, you know, the, uh, the people, the older guy does. Manley was not good. Manley was a great hitter for the Yankees in the 80s. And he was a great defensive first baseman. I mean, Donnie was on it, and he's a great guy. Not only was on his way to the Hall of Fame, it's too bad. A poor guy got, uh, you know, he had his back issues. Yeah, help. Why not? And I don't think he's got anything to prove. I think Manley enjoys it. He loves baseball. Uh, he's got no ego, never had an ego. He's not going to be looking for his next job. I think Don will help. Uh, I think he help. I, I like Schneider, too. I'm a big fan. So I think Manningly, uh, I mean, I think that combination is a good combo, and I don't think they're messed up in a big spot with the two of them running the team. So I think you're okay there. All right. Well, we'll take the experience factor. Um, I think the young Blue Jays will definitely learn a lot from Mattingly. Uh, Chris, appreciate you joining us this morning. I know you're a busy guy. Great to get your inside league-wide, and uh, hopefully we chat down the road. 
And go Maple Leafs. Win a playoff series for a chance. Hell yeah. That's what we like to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. Talk soon. Very good. Great to have me on. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks so much, too. Uh, That's Chris Mad Dog Russo, co-host of High Heat MLB Network and host of Mad Dog Unleashed on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio. And obviously, you see him weekly on ESPN's First Take. And he's also our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. He was quite honest about some of the Blue Jays and uh, some of the people in the text line weren't loving the vibe. But you know what? He's a... He's a guy that stands by his takes, folks. Hey, I guess he's outside of our news cycle uh, just a little bit, and and for that reason, you have different opinions. But yeah, he's got uh, Blue Jays <laughs> have a lot to prove in the eyes uh, of the Mad Dog. So Sometimes you know, it's hard to hear. It'll take time for all these. You know, there are changes. This team is approaching things a little bit differently, and uh, maybe they'll please us with a good season and maybe a playoff run, and maybe they'll surprise the Mad Dog. <laughs> That that's what we live for. Surprise the Pat talk. <laughs> yeah, great exactly. to have them. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, we've got Leafs and Rangers tonight, folks. It's the last regular season game of your Toronto Maple Leafs. March to the playoffs, which start next week. Um, and you got the Detroit Tigers and the Blue Jays wrapping up their series here. Um, 707 first pitch. Lots to look forward to. Our Heritage, RBC Heritage Open has begun. They're At underway. This point, yeah. They are underway. We have all that to tee up in the wake and rake. The quarterfinals for women's worlds are also starting and i have a very good narrative pick for tonight's wake and rake as well okay looking forward to that today's the last game of regular season nhl hockey so no 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 last game for the leafs there's two games tomorrow night but this is the last big (laughs) night i think everything or for the most part everything will be settled and we can finally Mm -hmm. dig into some playoff matchups because we've known tampa and toronto forever and it actually is the only series we know we're going to get uh, on the mm-hmm. second last day of the regular season, but one more game for the Leafs, which means, or which begs the question, is there one last bet to throw in the wake and rake involving the Toronto Maple Leafs, at least in the regular season? There certainly may be. Uh, also taking your text in at 595.90 for that, but we'll read a couple about your Toronto Raptors thoughts and feelings this morning. Been working through that. We had the call line open at 730. Got to hear from some of our listeners, and uh, I feel like they also have a lot more to share. And we'll get to that on the other side of the break. The wake and rake and some final thoughts on last night's game and last night's end of the season for your Toronto Raptors. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money! With Ailish and Justin. All right, it's a baby Friday wake and rake here on the fan morning show. Leafs and Rangers wrapping up the regular season. Both teams have nothing to play for except for maybe Mitch Marner, 100 points search here. I don't see player props up yet because, side note, we don't know who the hell is going to play in the game tonight. Yeah, we're, we're definitely working with incomplete information when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that has been the case for, what, the last two weeks? Yes, starting from who's in the net to who's on what line, but... That doesn't mean it's not a big night in the NHL, though. Mm-hmm. Couple games here. I mean, Carolina, Florida is as spicy as it gets, isn't it? Because Carolina's got to win the division. Yes. But if they win, they, I think that they play Florida? Like, what is, what's the motivational element there? Florida obviously wants to not play Boston, so it behooves them to want to win that game. Carolina and Florida is very, very interesting. Uh, Winnipeg, Colorado is interesting. What, what do you got circled? The last game that Jonathan Taves plays at home or maybe Ooh. ever 
for the Chicago Blackhawks. I put five bucks on oh. a hat trick. Oh. But also on a goal. My wake and read pick is the Blackhawks to win against Are you the Flyers serious? in just straight up. Wow. It's his last. They're going to play with some sort of pride for this do you, guy. Do you want like the next Taves in Connor Bedard or not? So this is the other narrative. Is there's a couple teams that have to actually lose tonight, right? Them and uh, is Columbus playing? Yes, against the Penguins. But I just think it's their his last maybe NHL game. So I'm either going to go them to win or him to get a goal. What do you think about that? I would, if you're playing that. Well, you're putting in the Waken Rake, so we're playing it anyway. But maybe Taves, same game parlay goal in a Blackhawks win? For the Waken Rake? No, oh. just as a separate, as an aside, if you're playing that narrative. Yeah, I, think, sure. I think the hat trick is aggressive. Well, of course, it's just five bucks. Like, I'm not actually putting that in the Waken Rake, but. No, of course. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't consider the Jonathan Taze factor. This is humongous. Because I've been eyeing, you know, I've been eyeing up these teams. Chicago, mm -hmm. Columbus, Anaheim. And I'm going to go that route too. I'm playing that same old narrative with Anaheim hosting LA in, I believe, their final game of the season. That is correct. They are in, not in pole position right now. I think the, the Columbus Blue Jackets still have the fewest points, but Columbus has two games left. Mm -hmm. So Anaheim, a loss, you're locked in. You're, you're two or better especially if the Chicago Blackhawks uh, end up winning that game. So uh, the LA Kings don't have anything to play for. I guess they want to stay above the Seattle Kraken and they want that, that mm -hmm. date with maybe the Edmonton Oilers. The Pacific Division is also up for grabs tonight uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights and Seattle Kraken playing. And, of course, the Oilers are hosting the... Sharks. San Jose Sharks. So they look like they're in line for another two points. Lots of stuff going on. But one thing is for certain, Anaheim is not looking to win games. L.A., despite motivation, I think they're good enough to win a game against Anaheim regardless. So I'm going to circle the L.A. Kings minus one. Or sorry. Regular time? Or? Sorry, money line. Uh, uh, the three-way money line to win in regulation, okay. minus 135. Sorry, I was looking at the first period line. Uh, L.A. Kings to win in regulation to prevent the Ducks from getting any points because they don't want points right now. They want <laughs> Connor Bedard. L.A. Kings minus 135 is my wake and rake bet today. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bet on the Chicago Blackhawks. That is aggressive. I think there's sound reasoning there. There's the flip side, which is, hey, we should not win this game. Mm -hmm. But there's the, you know, do right by Jonathan Taze. And Sometimes you got to swing for the, the fences. The difference between Chicago and Columbus and Anaheim, the three teams that are in this race, is that Chicago is actually playing hard. Anaheim, I, I don't know how they've bought in, but they just, like, they are mailing it in. <laughs> Columbus, I don't know, maybe to the extent, but Chicago is playing hard. And the only reason they're down there is that they have zero talent on their roster. You have every right to rip me for this tomorrow. I'm not, but I'm not ripping. I, There's just a lot to bet on tonight. Mm -hmm. There sure is. <laughs> and the, uh, the, uh, one of the three teams involved in the Bedard sweepstakes, sweepstakes is an interesting angle. Here's two women's hockey bets I like. Finland on the puck line against the Czech Republic this morning. 10 a.m. They also get it in. And Germany and USA, USA on the puck line, minus seven. That's just... Minus seven. Woo! They yeah. scored enough to cover that? They will. They just got beat by a Canadian team. And they're not feeling feeling it. They're not no. feeling good. They got to come out with a bang. They need, uh, they need a cookie night? They do. They certainly do. So those are my women's hockey picks for tonight. Oh. Uh, you got Jays and Tigers as well. 
and Leafs and Rangers. Anything from the Leafs game besides a Mitch Barner point? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely playing a Mitch Barner point. It's going to be juiced up pretty heavily. I might get greedy and go with the assist because I think that's more likely and it'll hmm. be closer to getting plus money for that. But if Mitch Barner is playing, uh, I think all their efforts will be going towards trying to get Mitch Barner to 100 points because that's a big deal. Never done it before in his career. Uh, so I would expect him to get to 100 points if he is indeed in the lineup tonight. But otherwise... I mean, we got like pretty close line, minus 130. I'm seeing New York Rangers at home. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you could bet that. Although we've seen the Leafs as underdogs two straight games. They've won both. I'm just saying. These are fake games. Yes, they are. It's just a bubble wrap game. See who the lines are later today. Um, probably some rest happening. And keep Understandably. An eye, and keep an eye on what Winnipeg's doing from a lineup perspective because they're in Colorado. Colorado has to keep winning. Mm. Winnipeg sewed up its spot. I'm not sure if they're locked into their position. I don't know if they'll be going for some rest. So if you take, you know, if you're on top of the news today, it's a good chance to do well in the betting market because there are teams that are going to be trying to lose. There are teams going to be with no intention to win or lose. Doesn't matter to them. And there are going to be teams that are pretty desperate to get victories. Uh, and uh, if you look around the board uh, and you're on that news, I think you can have some or create some edges for yourself. No NBA tonight as there's one more day before the final playing games and then the series start on the weekend as well. Um, but let's go through our anchor picks before we wrap up some uh, Raptors talk, okay? Okay. So we've got... Um, Jared from Halifax coming in the text line. Today's lock for the afternoon's three ball at RBC Heritage is Justin Rose over Poston. Poston. <laughs> and Sink. I off the air said. No, don't admit no, that. No, never mind. <laughs> choose, your own, choose your own adventure with that. Uh, Rose with a win already this year and a nice showing at the Masters. Rose is a great ball striker, which favors his game at Harbortown Links. That's Jared from Halifax. So, Justin Rose. Yeah, I've seen, a, I've seen a couple people on JT posting this week, but, uh, you know. Just posting um, up there. Jared from Halifax is is in the running, definitely, for specialist uh, yep, territory. So I'll in. keep an eye on that one. Okay, next. Uh, good morning, Tampa Bay Rays, minus one and a half today on the run line. They got to keep it rolling. <sighs> Kluber has been terrible. Uh, and Springs, Jeffrey Springs, my, my uh, dark horse for the AL Cy mm. Young. He's been lights out. He has been lights out. Uh, 12 in a row now for Tampa Bay. Can they make it 13? Ken on the 400, rather, Fade them. Uh, is locking that in. Ron and Jules, happy baby Friday. For today's anchor, I'll try to take the upset and take the Red Sox to win. Yes. Jules will take the under six and a half in Leafs game today. Good morning, Corey from Port Hope. His wake and rake pick today, St. Louis Cardinals, minus one and a half, the run line over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Couldn't tell you. He seems like he knows. Happy Baby Friday. Today, I'm feeling Marner over points or an assist to match his record last year of 100 points. Uh, it will be Montgomery on the mound for St. Louis. That was Steven Sutton. Um, yeah. How many we, points did he get last year? Mitch Marner? Yeah. I'll look it up, but uh, he's not hit the 100-point yeah, plateau was, just he yet. He said to match his record I think last year. to match his record. That's what Stevie said. 97 last year. Had uh-huh. 94 in 2018-19. Uh, the shortened seasons, he was definitely on 100-point paces or at least pretty close to. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels ill-fated that he hasn't got to that mark yet, and it would kind of it would be pretty disappointed, I think, if he didn't get it this year. He's getting it. Because he's had such an amazing year, and everybody else is getting 100 points, right? I agree. Okay, uh, what do you like from that? 
what do I like from that? Uh, what I like, you won't like, which is the Tampa Bay Rays on the run line. Uh, Mad Dog doesn't like the Rays that much either. I love that. So maybe he's fading the Rays. Maybe we should avoid that. I'm not, I don't think we should fade the Rays at plus 190. Uh, Leafs, I don't think we should touch it unless it's the Marner assist. We don't have the Marner assist or point line yet. Should we wait and say put a Marner assist? Uh, but we don't know what it'll be. Maybe no, it'll, it'll probably be like minus 180, I think. Or sorry, the assist will be like minus 120, I would guess. And the point would be like minus 180. Uh, you want to go with Justin Rose over Poston and Sink? It starts soon. No, yeah, it's in the afternoon. Wait, let's take a look to make sure that we can bet that at this hour. And it might depend on your book as well. Some of the three-ball matchups are a little bit uh, not not different. Only some are offered and some are two balls. And, you know, it's a bit – it can be a little bit confusing based on your book. Uh, so we should, probably should avoid that, and that should just be a suggestion from Jared, Jared and Yeah, Halifax. I agree. It's I Like, I, I look at it two different books, and one, I only have two ball. One, I have three ball. One is already live action betting. One isn't, so – Listen, I'm a big Jeffrey Springs guy, and the Rays are hot. All right, Justin, you want to back the Rays? You can. Well, we can. It's a group. Yeah, it's in. I locked exercise. it in. I'm already feeling uncomfortable about my pick, but yeah, yeah it's not too late. No, I... Kings in regulation against the Ducks, Blackhawks to beat the Flyers. Plus 100. You have it. Uh, it's yeah, it's moved from plus one hundred to one hundred to minus one ten, whatever. You Look get at you, that. line mover. I know if people are listening, and the Rays on the run line, parlay that up. It's plus five fifty seven. That's a good one. If the Chicago Blackhawks take themselves out of Connor Bedard range tonight, we profit. Do they not want to play hard for their leader in his last ever game at home? Well, you'd think so. You would think so, wouldn't you? But do we also know for sure that Jonathan Taze is bye-bye? <laughs> I feel pretty confident about it. Okay. He basically, I think he said in the media yesterday, quote, I'm playing like this is my last game in the Chicago Blackhawks jersey. So They might need every single man, to a man on that roster to play like it's their last game, to win any game at this point. But I'm hoping we get it done. I mean, done. they're playing the Flyers, too, so it's not like they're the playing The Flyers them. don't want to be good either. Like, you're right. It's the Flyers, and it's Jonathan Tay's final game, maybe. All right, well, that's your just five bucks as well. So just, like, sprinkle some on some goals for Jonathan Taves. Okay, that's your wake and rake parlay. Uh, Kings, Blackhawks, and Rays on the run line, but Kings in regulation as the little... Help for important caveats. Okay. Um, we got some Raptors texts in as well. I said I would read through them um, to get your thoughts, your feelings, your vibes on the air. Maybe it helps you with your moving on. Um, okay. Lots to go through. A lot of people are asking when Pascal Siakam will be Pascal Siakam will be held accountable. He can't close. He's not the superstar that this team needs. They were crushed by Zach Levine, and all the All-Stars looked lost in the fourth quarter. Is he the guy that can lead this team to a next championship? Yeah, it's confusing, right? Because, you know, he's got a good statistical game. Uh, he was one of the best players on the floor in the first half. But there are patterns mm -hmm. that pop up, and there's definitely reason to believe that a team that has Pascal Siakam as its best player has no chance to win an NBA title. Like, I, I just feel like that is a reality. That's a certainty. Yeah. Uh, and again, this what it's, been a, what it's been all about for the Raptors in recent season is staying competitive, 
being in a position where you can maybe add that impact guy, the person who's on par with Pascal Siakam or even better than Pascal Siakam. That's always sort of been the thing that they've been eyeing and, and lining up for. So I just think it's a, a stretch to say that, you know, a Pascal Siakam-led team should be this or that. It's probably middling all the time, mm -hmm. every time, unless the supporting cast is brilliant. And this year, the supporting cast was far from. And Pascal Siakam, you're right. He can only take a team so far. And, you know, sometimes late game, it's when we see his warts the most. Here's a great text in. Thank goodness this season is over. That's my take. Team had underachieved all season, fitting end to a depressing year. Yeah. Again, uh, letdown. Maybe the biggest letdown season that I can consciously remember yeah. from the Toronto Raptors. A really, really tough watch. A really, really massive disappointment. Mm -hmm. And I'm with the texture. Like, it was always headed one way. And they were false hope at dragging many it times. on dragging it on wouldn't be fun losing mm -hmm. four games in succession to the milwaukee bucks wouldn't have been all that fun losing to kyle lowry would have been worse than losing to demar Derozan, wouldn't it i mean maybe one happens on home floor and the other doesn't but yeah. i would rather see demar move on because he's more of a sympathetic figure but not that it really matters we knew this season was going to end in a loss we knew it was going to end with really no hope that there could have been different. So pull the plug. Brian in Toronto, this team is headed into a rebuild. 500 record this year is not something that this franchise will see for a while. The Raptors are not a destination for free agents. There are many changes upcoming from coaching to players. I can only hope. I fear that it's not, though. Well, that would be simply unacceptable. A reminder, 2024, they do not have a draft pick. Could they get a few draft picks? Sure. You could trade OG Ananobi this summer. You could trade, sign and trade Fred Van Vliet. You could sign and trade Gary Trent Jr. You could sign and trade Yaka Pertle. You could trade Pascal Siakam. You could do just about anything. But my inclination is that they're going to try to be competitive next year. Like nothing we've heard out of Come them. Come on, I can't do it. Nothing we've heard out of them has suggested that they wouldn't, right? Well... They bought at the trade deadline, so I feel like they, they had to kind of took, sell that story as well to not only themselves but to us. Not to they say took from the future's cupboard, yes, to enhance this group, which is now facing. But an now uncertain there's a future. result that is they are done this season. Now they can really address these offseason questions, and I think that starts today at 10 a.m. I heard that the Raptors are speaking. Um, Danielle told me that they don't know who it'll be yet, but they'll mm -hmm. have their end of season chat at 10. So we'll have lots and to break we down. We're certainly going to learn something. And uh, well, we'll see. Um, we'll obviously have that on our Raptor show from two to three with uh, Will Liu and Alex Wong, and they'll have lots to break down as well. So uh, you'll have that content by then. Full measures, direction. These are things you need mm -hmm. if you're going to be a successful franchise in pretty much any sport. If you're just waffling, if you're just dug in in the murky middle, you're not going to accomplish anything. And there's no team that's more in the middle right now than Toronto. Courier Chris says, uh, Siakam needs a Kawhi-type Leonard, Kawhi Leonard player to play alongside. Damn, I missed the claw. And that's it. He could be a great supporting member on some other team that's going to put them in that position that he can thrive, but he's not a guy that's going to be he's almost He's almost player. the perfect number two, mm -hmm. and he is a middling at best number one. A quick text in here um, about the wake and rake. Willie needs one goal to hit 40. 
Willie to score is plus money tonight. That's Tyler from Peterborough. So maybe another thing that the Maple Leafs would be looking for. Yeah, it's a good point. Marner assists to Willie goal. And then get, up, get off the ice and load manage for the rest of the game. <laughs> that's right. Um, all right. Well, that's kind of your your vibe check this morning. We'll have lots of time. Do you to feel take a any look. better? I, I didn't I mean, feel. It was a, it was, I just felt like I felt like depressed this session. morning. I kind of just expected to feel this way. Unfortunately, I tried to hype myself up yesterday, saying, "Well, yeah, they're going to win and they're going to play with some grit you and were some trying, pride." You were trying yesterday. That's kind of my role in the show, and it didn't work out. And I'll give you credit for trying. Oh, we have roles. <laughs> well, I'm vibes and. What am I? <laughs> I'm like the Toronto Raptors this year. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, but yeah, lots to come Raptors. Like the whole off season is going to be, this is going to be pivotal for this franchise. So just depends how gutsy you're willing to be. Are you willing to take steps backwards to eventually find the right path to the championship? This isn't the team that's going to do it for you. So you have to kind of swallow your pride and say it's, not the right roster construction that we wanted. This Vision 6 9 isn't working. Our players are on different timelines. Like, you got to grow <laughs> grow up and uh, make some tough decisions. Inaction would be the worst. <laughs> yeah. it, the worst thing would be inaction. And yeah. if we see a repeat of that press conference from Masai Ujiri, no, I don't know if we're going to hear from that. him. I don't know if we're here for Bobby. I don't know if we're here for Nurse. I don't know what we're going to hear today. But if in, you know, in short order here, if it's the same tenor as it was post-trade deadline with Masai, mm-hmm. where it was just like so, for the first time, unconfident, that's just going to raise even more red flags. Well, we'll have lots of that to break down tomorrow on our Friday edition of the Fan Morning Show. you got Maple Leafs and Rangers wrapping up their regular season tonight. Detroit Tigers, final game of that series tonight, 7-7 first pitch. Appreciate everyone for calling in today um, on our call-in line at 7.30. It was great to hear from you. We'll do that again next week before the Maple Leafs start their playoff round against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that's to come. Have a great baby Friday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.